Hi, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bricia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners. And we're just following our dreams, you know, working to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right. And we're also moms. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Super Mama Sisterhood. Hello. Hola, Super Mamas. Hi, Super Mamas. Welcome. How are you all doing today? Doing great, doing great. Welcome, everyone, to the Super Mamas podcast, your favorite podcast, and your favorite hosts, Paulina Lopez and Brisa Lopez. <laughs> you know, if I don't have up myself, who's going to hide me up? Pues si no te echas porras, ¿quién? ¿Quién? What's up, sister? How, what's, what's going on? I, I think I haven't seen you. I know I saw you. I don't know. What are you talking about? You saw me. I'm just like not that important in your life. So every time you see me and you don't really pay attention and you don't even know like that you saw me. No, I saw you two days ago, right? It's crazy because we work together and like, but we barely see each other, which is crazy. We just, we just, yeah, actually, like you, what are you talking about? We've had a full on lunch together and you forgot. <laughs> no, I didn't this see is, you yesterday. This is how little you care about me. Okay, Sabina. <laughs> this is exactly how little... I am cared for. We okay, literally so. had an entire fucking lunch. <laughs> no, no, no. You and Sabina together. should go out for lunch. You got you and Sabina should go out for lunch for sure, for hundred percent. Like this morning, this morning, um, Sixta Sixta woke up and she was like, "My my stomach hurts," and I was like, "Oh, okay, are you okay?" And Sabina was sleeping right next to her, my my seven year old, and she was like, "What about me?" And I said, "What hurts?" And she looks at her. She looks for a minute and she's like, "Look, I have a mosquito bite." And I was like, oh, my God, how are you? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Ay, you guys should. You Remind guys should. everybody how old your children are. Sabine, six is four and Sabina is she's seven already. You know, she has not let me cut her nails for like the past month because she is looking forward to getting acrylic nails. And she thinks she's going to get like full on huge acrylic nails. She's like, no. No, and she runs and she hides and she cries because she doesn't want me to cut her nails. She, <laughs> that little girl, something else. Well, then don't cut them. No, I haven't. I mean, I haven't cut them. I'm not, you know, I, she, I'm just telling you, she has it. She's, she has like, she's like, no, my acrylic nails. So are you me. taking her to get individuals? No, no, no. no. She told me, because she told me that she was like, no, let's just go to Claire and get the stick on. She wants me to take her to Claire's. And get the stick on. And I told her, well, you can, you can wear them, but you have to take them off because school doesn't allow it. And she was like, they don't? Why? Oh, it doesn't? They don't? No, they don't allow acrylic. My six-year-old with acrylic nails? No, they don't allow that. I don't know. I haven't asked. Have you asked? I'm going to ask a teacher, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Don't ask. Just send her. I guess. I'll send her. With Why her would acrylic it? Nails. This is expression. It's like their self-expression. <laughs> yeah she's uh yeah she's funny she's this is funny. when your mexican mom this is when your mexican momness comes out like no tienen que ir super bien como me con las uñas así todas sucias wait tiene que ir peinada tiene que you know tiene que sus zapatos boleados no no they don't do that remember when we were kids and mom had to like bolear our zapatos like once a week every every sunday oh yeah no like every Every Sunday, she would paint them. Or, I mean, no sé si la gente sabe qué significa bolear zapatos, but zapatos boleados basically means that her shoes were always shiny. And shiny. Mom, mom had a black, like paint. black, like shoe dye paint. paint. Yeah, it's for shoes. Yeah. Black shoe paint. And she would just repaint our shoes so they would be super shiny and black. And our hair had to be perfectly snatched. <laughs> our things had to be perfectly ironed. ironed. And if, she, if we didn't show up to school like that, we weren't allowed in. Yeah. No, and they would put us in a like line. Every child had to be and check our nails. And check our nails that they were clean. And yeah, then they would check they were for, clean. They and would like, check for piojos. They would check for piojos. They would check for lice. Yeah. They would check for piojos. <laughs> they would check like that your nails were clean. They would check that your shoes were shiny. They had to make sure that your 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 uniform was like like with starch, like starched, ironed, perfectly crisp. And your hair, you couldn't have hair. You couldn't, you couldn't be a Michuda. Like there was no way. You couldn't turn around. You couldn't look around because your hair was so snatched. And your hair was so snatched. Like you couldn't move. <laughs> That's why I don't do my hair anymore. Um, but I, when I went to San Diego a few months, a few months ago, and we went to see that uh, ship, the Navy ship, 
in the walls mm-hmm. it showed how they had to have their hair and the uniform. And I was like, oh, that's where they got it from. The military. <laughs> they 100% got all that from the military because that's exactly how the military works. So, yeah, we were in military school pretty much in Mexico. <laughs> and they're yeah, still, so they acrylic still nails would not go. No. Yeah, acrylic nails. Well, it's so, okay. So a couple of things that this brought up right now is <laughs> I sparked two memories from last night. I went to have dinner with my friend um, last night. Uh, and he was telling me about his 14 year old daughter. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Jesus Christ, I was scared. I am scared. He's like, no, no, no. Like above and beyond. I'm just like, no, he's like, <laughs> yes. So he was telling me stories about, about the, what 14 year old girls are doing now and kind of like, you know, what's happening with 14 year olds, ninth grade high school. Right. Um, okay. and just sort of what he's dealing with right now at, at the moment. And you're not that far. You're 14, you're four years away from yeah. high school. I'm not far. I'm not far away. Not at all. She's already 10. Yeah. So, uh, so he was telling me that he was <laughs> for real. So that, so that sparked that memory when you're talking about, uh, Sabina and how she's like this. So he was telling me, you know, we were, we were talking and I said, Oh, well, you know, we need to like, do like a thing. You bring your wife and my husband and we can just get together and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, I have to check in with his daughter to see like how her schedule is because, you know, like if, if she's doing something, you know, like she's just, I have to find a sitter. And it's just like, and I'm like, wait, hold on. You are figuring out your schedule surrounding your daughter's schedule. He's like, wait, she's busy every night. I'm like, what? Like she has plans every night. Like she is going to a dance or she's going to go to something with school or she has an event or she's like, she's busy every night. Like, or she's going to go out with friends. I'm like, wait. So then she has other two kids and he's like, well, so for the other two kids, they can't stay alone. I have to get a sitter for the last two and Natalia can take care of them. But if she's busy, like we can't like, you know, make plans unless we have a sitter. And I'm like, wait a minute. O-M-G. I thought automatically they become sitters. <laughs> I'm like, OMG. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, because she's, and she's 14. So she's starting to, you know, rebel and how dare you. And, you know, just things that start happening That's with 14 year old girls. And he's like, wait, he's like, he's like, yes, see, wait, I see like, I see con sus tiritas, I see like, she's like leaving the house, eh, así como, you know, all skanky. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen those girls. I've seen, I mean, I'm just like, wow. Like how, no, I don't know. My, mi papá me hubiera regresado de la greña. <laughs> well, no, I know. And, well, so, so he's super hardcore Mexican. And he was saying how, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying who he is, so it doesn't matter. I'm putting his business out there, <laughs> but, um, the, 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 the situation with, with, uh, you know, his wife is just like how to parent a teenager. Yeah. Because there's two trains of thoughts, right? There's like mm-hmm. the very aggressive Mexican father mm-hmm. that I think he totally would be if his wife allowed him to be, but his wife is like, you can't. Because then they're going to rebel, yeah. right? So, like, what do you do? And like, I just started thinking about that, and like, what? Like, it's crazy. Like, it's just insane to think. At some point, like, what kind of father is there going to be in the household, and what kind of mom, right? Like, like curfew times, just like things that I had not even fathomed. No, yeah. you know, of like, of snapchat and you know wearing you know skanky clothes out you know and then just i I just freaked me out yeah totally i mean we started the most we and i forgot the second memory that sparked i forgot what we were talking about and there was like another memory something that he said and i just forgot about that but anyway (laughs) (laughs) but you know we started having the conversations about sleepovers and you know you and i never had sleepovers and it was not a thing in our family and it was i think till this day my mom wouldn't allow me to like sleep over anywhere else i don't know but you know for her birthday she said i want to sleep over that's all i want i don't want anything else i just want to sleep over with my friends and I was like, oh, my God. OK, you know, it was a whole conversation I had to have with my husband about sleepovers and like, are we going to allow them? Are we not going to allow them? What's the thing? You know, because then she's going to start going to, you know, camp with the Girl Scouts at some point. Are we going to allow that? Are they going to go? Who's going to go? You know, it's just like 
Wait, sleepovers in your but in your house. Sleepovers in my house. So she's, you're gonna send your yeah. You're not gonna like yeah. Okay, that's different. You're like you're not gonna send your daughter to someone's home for your her birthday. Like but, hey, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> no, Take but my daughter for her birthday. But that, what happens is like now all of her friends are starting to have birthdays and then her friends are going to start wanting to have sleepovers. And then she's going to be like, well, how come I'm not going to those sleepovers if my friends came to my sleepover, you know, because she's already asking oh, me, got like, it, got it. you know what I mean? So it's like, it opens a whole door about sleepovers, the situation with the sleepovers. And so, right, that's, right. so that's why um, I realized. I forgot to ask my friend about that. Yeah, because, you know, at this point, and then I started watching all these shows and then I'm like, oh my God, like I need to lock my daughter in, in a closet and not let her out any, ne never again, you know, because all of these things that the kids nowadays are dealing with, I, it just blows my mind all the time. I'm just like fascinated and scared because I thought we were like wild, but no, nah, like, no, nah, that's nothing. No. Like, I want well, I think, I think, our, I think our parents, I think our parents thought we were wild. So I think it's just, it just progressed like generation in the world and it changes. I don't know. I don't know. Like I have no idea, but um, anyway, so we had that conversation. We were having that conversation last night and he, I just, he just blew my mind of things that, you know, we are looking forward to. And then I just remember the second, the second, The second thing you mentioned that sparked a memory from last night's conversation, los zapatos boleados. So he said that he went out with his friends. His, he's like, he went out with his Mexican friends to a football game in San Diego and that his friends from Mexico, like his Mexico, Mexico friends came to watch this game and que llegaron con su, con su con, no, no, wait, 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 con su, con su, con sus playeras cuadradas. Ajá. Super, you know, ya, super, yes. las, ya todas botonadas, yes. planchaditas, con mm -hmm. su chalequito. Yes, I know, the sus, uniform. Sus, <laughs> sus, sus jeans y sus zapatos boleados. No, y sus zapatos son And como, like, like, uh, como metidos, like con los metidos. Como metidos, sí, no, no, de vestir, de vestir, yeah. zapatos de vestir, jeans y zapatos boleados. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. And he's like, and I just showed up, like, With the jeans and t-shirt, and they were like making fun of me, like, yeah, I can think of yeah, they best muy gringo, like where you gonna go, blah blah. He was like, Bro, we're going to a Chargers Raiders game. <laughs> like, you guys are not dressed apart. So, anyway, so they were making fun of him. It was like four against one or something. It was like a big group of friends, and that they were walking, that they were as soon as they were getting in, he's like, some dude came like full-on raider gear, like he was like, What I did not, Jake Crew just walked in here. Everyone, Jake to the crew, Jake to the crew, Jake's crew is here. And like the whole day, they were getting like clowned on their Mexican uniform. A hundred percent. I can, I know. Like, what gel? Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cuadrados and, and the, the little chalequito is kind of like a, yeah, it's kind of like, puffy, a, like a puffy, puffy. vest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, this Mexican uniform of like whole generation of dudes. I don't know. If, I don't know if they're still doing it. They I don't, still I don't doing know it. if it got stuck, I, but no, I don't know if it's like older. It. Like, this, has it stayed? Has it no, like, has it's it? It's the same. It's, it's has it, they, they did not, did it, but did it skip a generation? No. They didn't skip a generation. Like, a 20 year old still dressed like that? Yes. It's just like right now they're wearing like different brands of shirts, but they're all, like now they're wearing Louis Vuitton, you know. And I, and, and, I, and I was just, and I was like, bro, what's the deal with Mexican men? Like Mexican men from Mexico. We're not speaking Mexican Americans. We're talking about Mexican men from Mexico. ¿Qué pedo con el chalequito? Like, <laughs> yeah. And It's then he said to me, anyway, so then he said, he said, I was so close to wearing my vest. To dinner, but then I said to myself, I will never, I will, Brisa will never stop clowning me for this. So I left it. He has one. Like, he owns one. Oh, he, he owns many, various, various colors. Dad wears that. Yeah, dad. Yeah. But it's like, how do we understand the vest? And he's like, okay. He's like, he's like, it's just perfect. And he goes, and he goes, wait, Mexico nights get chilly. I'm like, oh my God. Totally. I, we oh, had this conversation my with my husband a few weeks ago and I was like, you need to get yourself a vest. He was like, never. <laughs> He was like, no, not like that. Because you know, they go, yeah, totally. We were, I was talking to him about it. O sea, un kilo de gel, perfectly <laughs> snatched, you know, hair. Well, that comes playera from de cuadritos, Playera de cuadritos. Planchada. Planchada. Puffy vest. Tucked in, tucked in, tucked in. Tucked in, tucked in. <laughs> 
<laughs> the shirt is tucked in. Tucked the in. vest is out because you know belt, you want to be cash. Belt with a villa. Yeah, belt with a villa and probably like some brand name showing yes. off, uh-huh. right? Some yeah. sort of like LV or like Gucci, like a villa. So people know, you know, like, look at me, I have money. <laughs> and then woodcut, a, woodcut, woodcut pants. Woodcut pants. Maybe if they're, if they're kind of, and maybe they're a little oh. bit more, you know, Maybe, maybe the tubo, maybe the tubo, maybe. Entubados, but, but loose. Entubados. But loose. But, but maybe, but you know, maybe if they're a little bit younger, they're in shape, they, they can rock a little skinnier. You know, there's like, oh, I've already graduated. Like, I'm hip. I'm hip. I'm wearing skinnier <laughs> jeans. Y zapatos boleados de, de vestir. De meter. De and de the, meter. The, the, the loafers. They're kind of the loafer. like loafers, for sure. But I like, loafers are the ones that are like, otros se ponen como de ojeta. Like, I've seen the ones with <laughs> ojeta, you know? <laughs> Anyway, sexy men. If you sexy any, yeah, and this is like this the Mexican men. That's like the if any of you guys ever travel to Valle de Guadalupe or drive down there, you will see. Like you can yeah. spot, you can spot like the the Mexican the the Mexican men uniform. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> well, these all come from school. I'm telling you, from younger. I'm like because- my friend doesn't listen to the show, right? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Please. <laughs> So they'd be like, bitch, I just, just put up my business out there. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, no, definitely comes from school. I'm telling you from what you learn from me. And you already know my friend I'm talking about. Yeah, of course I know what you're talking about. Hey, you. <laughs> Throw away those vests. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we are not uh, talking about vests today. We have an incredible woman on the show, Balina. Who do we have on the show today? Today on the show, we have none other than Sonia Manzano, known and loved by generations of kids and families as Maria from Sesame Street. Can you believe it, guys? She is here to talk about her new animated show, Alma's Way, that is now streaming on PBS. Sonia broke new ground as one of the first Latino characters on national television, for which she received an Emmy Lifetime Achievement Award. And I mean, who doesn't know Maria from Sesame Street, guys? She's here to tell us all about it. So we cannot wait to um, get, get you to listen to the show. So without further ado, here is your interview with Sonia Manzano. Welcome to the show, Sonia. How are you? I'm great. Happy to be here. Oh, I am so honored to have to have you on the show. Um, I mean, you know, you're like a legend. How are you doing? <laughs> as legends go, I'm kind of holding up as well as I can. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, as you can, I don't know if you can uh, tell, but I'm on my knees because I'm uh, zooming from a hotel room here. As uh, so, I'm uh, doing five things at once. But so, that's like most women do. Yeah. Yes, absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Juggling many things at the same time. It's uh, I mean, I'm on, I'm on the same. I'm here. I had to come back home where I was not planning to to record here, but I'm here. My dog's at my feet trying to get my attention. I'm just, you know, all over the place. too. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're all here. <laughs> We're all moms and we understand. We understand. Sonia, mm-hmm. uh, for those of you who have lived, uh, I don't know, I don't know where, and they don't know who you are, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what brings you to the show. Well, I'm Sonia Manzano, and most people think that my name is Maria because I've been, I was on Sesame Street for a good 44 years. Uh, and uh, that was where I kind of developed as a person, developed as an artist, developed as a writer. That all happened on uh, on Sesame Street. And then uh, I finally uh, retired from Sesame Street and thought I'd devote myself to writing books which I did, which I continue to do. And then I got a wonderful request from PBS Kids to create a Latinx, Latino uh, animated series. And I thought, wow, do I want to do this? This is really interesting. But I, I couldn't resist um, uh, creating a family that was Puerto Rican, New Rican, which is what I am, and, and setting them in the South Bronx, which is where I, I grew up. So uh, I've come full circle. I came all the way back to PBS Kids where I started and I, I can't stay out of the Bronx now because every, <laughs> every, every time we want to investigate something or inspire somebody, we go back to the Bronx to see what's up. Um, I mean, You're like Jenny I, from the block. 
Uh, it's so it's so interesting because yes, you know, uh, for those of us uh, who watch Sesame Street and have kids who watch Sesame Street, it's like yeah, I'm like I'm talking to Maria right now, and uh, I can see <laughs> how like that becomes part of your identity at some point. But you know, talking oh, about absolutely. right, and also like you were the first Latina character in Sesame Street and I think that is such an iconic Sesame Street is just I mean it's it's an iconic I don't even know world you know like everybody yeah. knows Sesame yeah. Street like you know my kids know Sesame Street my my 10 year old till this day has a baby Elmo that she sleeps with and mm-hmm. so you know and so it's it's just such a clean like child friendly like it's just so like uh, good for the soul that um Mm -hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't know what it what it was like for you to be the first Latina you know to be part of this amazing project well I was I landed on the show and I maybe 1971 and it was uh, America was a different place than it was a more an idealistic place there were marches on washington people were demonstrating against uh, a war in vietnam the civil rights movement was happening for the first time uh, latinos became more vocal like uh, the young lords in new york city and uh, as a matter of fact when the show first hit the airwaves and it, the audience was African-American children. Uh, it was Mexican-American activists on the West Coast that said, why don't you have representations for Latinos as well? And, uh, you know, everybody was kind of had a vision and a platform. And, and that's uh, how I got on Sesame Street. And it was a very um, uh, meaningful to me because I was born in New York and raised in the Bronx. And I never saw at that time you never saw any people of color on television. Um, uh, you certainly didn't see any Latin people on, on, on television. You'd see, you would see movies, Mexican movie stars that I would see in Mexican movies mm-hmm. play like a gardening part on Father Knows Best, which mm-hmm. was a 1950s yep. sitcom. So I'd see them in mm-hmm. one world where they were the heroes and mm-hmm. these guys singing and everything and then mm-hmm. the other world you know depicted in a completely different way well anyway uh but I still love television and I uh you know you know you wonder I say this over and over again you can't contribute to a society that doesn't see you if you're not mm-hmm. reflected in it some way you wonder what you're gonna which is my part what am I going to do? So when I got the opportunity to be on Sesame Street, I ran with it because I always figured there was some other kid in the Bronx or any place mm-hmm. watching me and saying, oh, I, I'm like that. Or I see myself in her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously I've been able to take it a step further with Alma's Way, this animated series, though I'm new to animation. I knew from Sesame Street that the more specific you are, the more people like it. And though Sesame Street was either in El Barrio, Spanish Harlem, or or uh, or uh, 110th Street, it wasn't that specific. The Bronx, where we set Alma's Way, is very specific. We even have El Numero Seis, the number six train that runs through the Bronx. And it's kind of a Puerto Rican icon uh, like you know, J Lo sings about it, and mm-hmm. Hector Lavo sings about it, and uh, so it's a very specific place that we've placed the show. I love that. Um, I think you played a big role in, you know, and thank you for opening the doors for so many people after you, right? Because, like you were saying, you you know that that was a that was uh, like the seventies, and that you know. That was still very much uh, one color all over that you turned. Absolutely, absolutely. And it was very, very, I remember it was very hard to get writers. Sesame Street had one Latin writer, Luis Santeiro. He wrote uh, Que Pasa USA, which was a very mm-hmm. popular show in Miami. Yeah. He was a hilarious guy, but it was him. He was the only 
And I wasn't a writer at that time. And even actors, there weren't a lot of Latino actors um, on the scene. So, But I'm so happy that Alma's way, we have a, a, a Jorge Aguirre is our head writer. He's of Colombian descent. All the actors are Latin. Uh, and so we have music created, you know, Latin composers. So there's, there has been some movement on positive side. Right. When you started, you know, you mentioned, you know, that when you were growing up, you didn't see anyone that looked like you on television. What sparked that urge that to change that? And when did you say to yourself, this is what I want to do? While there was no one on television that looked like you, what made you think that you could do it? What made you believe that that was your path? That's a good question. Like I could have said, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be a politician. I'm going to be a lawyer mm -hmm. and change things. But uh, uh, I was always fascinated by television I, I, uh, and stories. And um, I, I think stories transform people. I remember a teacher sure. said to me once, tell your, your mother should read books to you. And my mother was overwhelmed. And she said, ah, I can't read. What, don't I got enough to do? Yeah. <laughs> Tell them we don't have any books. Tell them. And I told the teacher we didn't have any books. And uh, uh, he said, Tell her that she can tell you stories. I went back. So she started telling me stories about her life in Puerto Rico as an orphan, you know, during the Depression. And, you know, and I crossed this field of bulls so I can see my little sister. And all of a sudden, her stories made her a different person to me. Mm. You know, yeah, I could see that, you know, and I understood why we painted the bathroom hot pink, you know, uh, you know, when I she she painted a picture of Puerto Rico It's beautiful. So 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 stories are transformed people. And I always loved uh, uh, television. But it's, you know, the truth of the matter is also this. It was very hard for me to go to college. And I had to go to college in a play. I had to apply to colleges that didn't only look at grades. Mm. Like, so I went interesting. Like, oh, like, got it. Got it. Like an performing like, arts. Yes. Like an athlete goes, you know, has more of a chance because if he's a good athlete to get an athletic scholarship. Mm -hmm. So I went from in the Bronx, I was an A student. I used to paint my nails in class, do my eye makeup and <laughs> still pass everything because very little was expected of me. Mm -hmm. Just show up and not make, not, don't be troublesome. But then when I got into performing arts, which is a specialized high school, uh, you know, the fame school, if you know that movie or that TV show, I, my, I couldn't compete with these middle-class kids. Yeah. You know, they had a, They had a very strong elementary school education. They knew, mm -hmm. they knew how to debate. They knew how to think critically in the high school of performing arts. So when it was time to go to college, what was I going to do? And I was going to go to college no matter what. So I, uh, uh, I had to apply to schools that would see me, consider me on an audition. Mm. Got so it. Now that you're talking about your story, I think it's uh, it's it's very interesting because I think even until this day, there's definitely some parallels to that story um, in our in our in our communities. Um, I was recently talking to my sister. My my kids started going to soccer not so long ago, and I was telling them how you know they're in a they're in a group where all like brown girls and. None, they don't really, they, none of these girls started playing soccer since they were little. And now they're playing against other girls that have been and their parents have the, you know, the possibilities and they are such a good players because they started since very young. And, and, and you know, not, not when you're saying that, like, it got me thinking, like a lot of those things still happen in different in different fields, right? Um, a lot of our communities don't really have the opportunities as other communities. And it's just great to one, say that there is a lot of changes, but also see that there's still a lot of potential to change things around us in our communities. So I wanted right, to ask right. you about like your parents, like what, how much influence did they have on your drive 
um, on, you know, how were they, how, how did they propel you to be where you, where you got, where you are today? I think I had a good role model in my mother, which is interesting because uh, I was raised in a household ruled by domestic violence. Mm. So uh, mm. uh, those, you would think that she was the weaker one because she was the one, she was the victim of the violence. She was in actuality the stronger one mm -hmm. because she would always say, si no te sale por una manera, que te salga por la otra. Mm -hmm. So she was mm. me to do, even though she didn't really understand what I was doing, but she was always the one who would, uh, uh, you know, my father was willing to be, uh, you know, in the margins. And she would say, no, no, you have to join the union. She was very proud of being a member of the International Ladies Garment Workers Union. She was very, you know, she wanted to pay taxes. As you know, the Puerto Rico is part of the United States, so it's a little bit different, but they were like migrant workers who came yeah. uh, uh, to, you know, at the invitation of factory, booming factories in the 1940s. Mm. So they, they, they would, you know, they would, they would go to Puerto Rico and, and uh, give flyers out and say, come to the United States, you know, come to New York. We have jobs. jobs. They, they had jobs. They had all these factory jobs. And so, That was a migration that my mother came. So, I mean, just the fact that they would leave what they knew, you know, without knowing the language, taking a chance and uh, 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 trying to find a new life shows verve on her part. And then she got here and showed even more verve than uh, than my father did. Uh, so she was pretty, she was Anita in West Side Story. Get the washing machine, get the dryer, <laughs> get the car. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, you know, I, I think I always feel that, you know, I, I, there's a saying in, in Mexico that says like the, you know, you, you, I don't know how to say it in English, but you breastfeed your, who you are from your mother, right? Like, yeah, it's a lot of, <laughs> you know, like, that's like your mother gives you. So I feel like as mother, sometimes like. I meet myself. I'm always like, am I doing the right thing? You know, how is this going to affect my yeah. child? How yeah. am I, yeah. how are, you yeah. know, what am I doing to like give them the best opportunities that they have? So thank you for sharing yeah. your, your experience with your mom. Um, sure. Now let's, let's talk about Alma's way. And I know that th this story is based on your childhood. Uh, so tell us a little bit about Alma and everything Alma's way. All this way, well, she is a firecracker. She, because it's me when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. I could totally see that. Uh, she, uh, um, well, I would never think of writing a kids' show after Sesame Street. I mean, you know, after who's going to follow that act? Sesame Street was so huge, so yeah. big. But so I didn't think about doing that, as I said. But PBS asked me to. And, uh, I did, and I set them in the Bronx, the Puerto Rican, the Eurekan family, uh, as myself. But then uh, the the charge of what it was about was left up to me. And I noticed that a lot of kids, uh, for whatever reasons, uh, uh, have trouble in school because there's too many kids to a class because they can't speak English. Mm -hmm. The parents aren't involved because the parents se están bregando con otra cosa. They, uh, uh, you know, their everyday uh, lives are very complicated. So mm -hmm. they were turned off to school and they thought that they weren't smart because mm -hmm. they started confusing memorizing with intelligence. Yeah. Because they were tested. They were tested all the time. Every, and now we want kids to learn uh, at the same moment as their friends. They can, like in the old days, you could learn something six months later or six months before. Now we want them to learn it like, okay, you're six. You have to know this by now. Mm -hmm. right. The milestones. The milestones. You have to know this. I mean, you know, those are, right. you know, each kid is different. Yeah. So, so, you know, all these kids, especially underserved kids, think they're stupid or, you know, not as smart. I mean, that's a harsh word because they can't memorize or they're not successful in school. Mm -hmm. So the point of Alma, every every episode, Alma has a moment where she says, I better think about this. And we mm. 
a thought bubble next to her head. And then we see her thought process. She Ah. puts two and two together. She says, wait a minute. If that, if that apron didn't fit Bobby and mommy told him now that I'm in trouble because I messed up the mofongo. There's a the, one of the yeah the food the food. Bro, we know about food. Okay, because <laughs> she was fixing. It. I better tell mom. So she figures it out. She she learns from what she the life she sees around her. And how old is she? She's like six, going on mm. seven. Mm. Love that. That's a perfect age. Yeah, I have, yeah. I have a I have a I have a seven year old. Yeah. And they're just starting to sort of look around and say, wait a minute, you know, right. uh, when they say, you know, do, do they mean what they say? You know, there's another episode where a singer comes to the Rivera house and they and he says, uh, I want all my peeps to come to my concert. So Alma invites the whole neighborhood to go, you know, because that's how she heard him say it. And like, what did I how come I thought that? Oh, well, that's what he said. And that's, you know, what I understood. And so um, I'm also hoping that mothers watching the show. Uh, I'm curious what they think about mommy's attitude when she kind of lets her figure it out and tells her, well, you didn't get this right. But that was cool. <laughs> oh, or, you know, you I'm glad you helped. Maybe not that much, you know, that the. Uh, the mother is is has a very good role is a good role model as well. We're hoping right. I mean, you'll tell us when you see it. <laughs> Trust me, everyone. Um, what did they say? The best parents are the parents that don't have children. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That is, that is something that they say. But, uh, um, I've certainly I'm a mother too. My daughter is an adult, but uh, you know I've seen how things have changed over the years. I mean, when she was growing up, it was like Maria Montessori was the, mm-hmm. the style and it was, you know, very free form and a lot of kids hanging around together and, you know, and don't let them do their own thing at their own pace. And now it's no, we got, you know, now we have to have these milestones. So things change mm-hmm. and I'm sure they'll change again. And uh, uh yeah I think I think milestones milestones are one of those things that loom over you since you're pregnant you know Mm -hmm. it's you have to be at this you have to be feeling this now you have to be you know doing this now you have to give birth at 40 weeks and that's not really what happens you know you do date and are you under are you over then your kid by two months should be doing this and by six months should be doing that and why is your kid not walking and you know you're something's wrong with my kid because he's not talking I mean there's just so many things that and then the comparison game begins super early, you know, uh-huh. but this kid is doing this and my kid's not doing that. And it's one of these, and, and these expectations that we impose on children before they can even begin to comprehend. And as they're comprehending and learning to comprehend, they believe that being like someone else or setting these expectations are the way they need to be in primary education. I, I'm such a huge believer in primary education. And I was how we were having these conversation with my girlfriend the other day at my home she was very intense about it and she said you could fix the world problems if you just focus on primary education because this is where humans get shaped this is how humans it's so much it's it's easier to mold a child's brain than an adult absolutely And we're trying to fix these problems with people when they're older and educating them and but you know, as, as adults, our minds are pretty set, but these kids whose minds are sponges that build everything, you know, that is, that is where you change everything. And so when, when you shows like these come on air that are able to bring people quality content to children with so much, you know, this is also going to be about where there's so much garbage out there that kids are consuming, you know, they're not, they're, 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 they're not, they're not absorbing what they should. Cause I, I, I understand that parents are busy and yes, television is there to help 100%. Like it's, it's difficult to be a single mom. How do you tell a single mom, you know, whether she's in the Bronx, whether she's in South Central LA with three kids that their kids should, his, her kids shouldn't watch TV. Like, well, how is she going to get things done? How is she going to get to work? There's so much, right? But yeah. whatever they're watching on television or whatever they're watching on their, on their devices 
should be quality and it should be able to motivate them and push them forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And with so much content out there, it just makes me so happy to see content like this that only represents us, you know, culturally, but it's also allowing kids to realize I'm not dumb. Um, It's just going to take me a little bit longer. I don't need to memorize things. I don't need to be like this person, you know, and, and those, that, that's the message that I think we need to be sending to our kids today because yeah, it's, this is this, I think that's where they're shaped. No, I think what you're saying is exactly kind of the theme of the show that they, you know, everybody has thoughts, everybody has a mind and everybody's thoughts are valid. They don't have to be the, the thoughts of, of somebody uh, uh, next to you. Uh, so that's, that's perception. Uh, Right. That's that people's kids see the world differently. That's why sometimes kids do stuff. And the mother, you hear the mother say, where did you get such an idea to do that? And they got it from the way they see the world. They got it, you know, Yeah, perspective. My my son always talks about perspective. He's like, people have different perspectives, mom. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. We were driving through a school that was all girls school and my son couldn't comprehend that. He, you know, as I told him, oh, that's the school and it's just all girls. He's like, what do you mean? They don't allow boys there? And I'm like, no, it's just all girls. Um, and he goes, haven't they ever heard of Martin Luther King? Isn't that what he was fighting for? I was like, what? <laughs> he was shocked that he couldn't attend. A school. Like, He was shocked. The idea of just not being inclusive. He was like, what is happening? He was thinking of equality and inclusivity yes. in a certain way. That, that was how he perceived this information. So that's a way of perceiving information. That's uh, that's interesting. And I do think that when kids are very young, obviously, you know, this Sesame Street said this fifty years ago. Um, that's when their their personalities are formed. That's why when people see me, they start crying. You know, like 40 year olds. <laughs> and I think they're crying because I'm I was part of their lives when they were the most impressionable. Mm-hmm. And and I've reminded them of their mothers or their grandmother, you know, watching Sesame Street at four o'clock in the afternoon, having this parent or caregiver uh, 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 connection while they were watching this this television show, uh, which we wanted, Sesame Street wanted adults to watch with the kid. We hoped that, and I'm hoping that's what they do in Alma's way too. I will be watching for sure. I will Mm -hmm. be watching. And I second everything my sister said about, you know, giving, you know, quality content to our kids, heartfelt, uh, because yeah, there's so many things. And um, her and I have both experienced how our children change their their behavior depending on what they're watching so really um, yeah 100 mm-hmm. like, like what like can you give me an example i'm curious yeah so for example um, my 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 oldest right she was becoming very anxious scared very like you know very and then i started looking at the things that she was watching and you know because of all the algorithms and things that happen with shows now like she was being offered things that were above her mind you know like very dark things so then I decided just to like remove all of that from the house and it's the same thing with like my my middle child right she started becoming a little bit aggressive and I was like what is she watching so I always go back to what are they watching I I learned that from my sister like what are they watching what are they consuming what are they giving and what can I offer instead because I also learned that like, I can't just take it. Right. Like I, I'm like, okay, you can oh, watch yeah, this, but like right, here yeah. you can, you can watch this instead. And then, and then I realized that it's not the heart. Cause she's like, Oh, I like it. Cause she's still six. She's still a little girl. And you know, but I think nowadays uh, kids are offered so much that they start their minds start developing things that they're are not within their age range of understanding. Right. Not age appropriate. That's that's well. I just and even if they are age appropriate, I sit and watch with my with my kid just so I understand how it's intaking the information and what sort of language they're using, um, and how fast how fast the images are moving. Um, I think that has a lot to do with also behavior. There's there were certain shows that were just fast, fast, fast. There were certain shows they weren't even talking. It was just image, 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 cut, 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 cut. Uh And I realized. 
excuse me. And then I realized, oh, that's just like a lot of like visual stimulation and you're not like focusing. It's just cut, cut, edit, right, show, right. like move, move, right, move, right, move. Right. And like, and like weird noises. Um, so it, that's eyes on screen when somebody wants to get, uh, uh, the viewer to never look away. Mm-hmm. Correct. You keep showing them many, many images that'll keep right. Right. Uh, and that's not really developing anyone's, there's nothing positive coming out of that interaction. Right. Um, right. Right. And I think there has to be quiet moments. Uh, Fred Rogers used to do that a lot. There mm-hmm, was, he did. There were, there were quiet spaces within the show. And those are the moments where, you know, take it in and digest it and then move mm-hmm. on to the so uh we're i think we're certainly mindful in alma's way that it doesn't speed you know speed through um uh, and that there are quiet moments and i guess every quiet moment is when she says i better think about this you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything like stops for a second (laughs) i love that love that well thank you so much for your time sonia i know you're like really busy and your schedule must be packed uh but well, this your moment i'm very happy to have a packed schedule to be <laughs> able to talk about the show that we've been working on for you know very congratulations thank you thank you uh just tell the super mamas where can they watch the show when does it you know when when can they watch it how can they watch it how can they get in contact with you how can they follow you please tell us all about it well, how can they support? How can oh, we support? Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Well, you could follow me on my website, soniamansano.com. You can watch Alma's Way. It premiered on October 4th. And, uh, you know, but you have to check your local PBS station, PBS Kids, because yes. every every area shows it at a, um, at a different time. And I also want to uh, make sure people know that it's dubbed in Spanish oh, wow. as well. Yeah. So you have to go to the website to, uh, to, to get information on exactly how to do that. So uh, I'm very excited about that because I'm going to watch it in Spanish and brush up on my Spanish. That's and, amazing. <laughs> that will uh, help. And I just want to say really quick, um, if any of you moms who are listening are not subscribed to the PBS Kids app, mm-hmm. highly recommend it. Yes. Totally worth it. It's great quality content. Um, and it's something that I feel comfortable, Eduardo, watching anything that comes out in that app. Yeah. So I know on this way. Yeah, okay. I don't I don't I don't have to be worried about what they're consuming when they are on that PBS app. So thank you, PBS, for that. And thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sonia. Thank you for your time. And we can't I can't wait to watch the show. And I will I will let you know how, how it goes. You bet. Okay. Thank you so Bye, much. Bye, Sonia. Adios. Hey Super Mamas. Paulina and Brisa here. We just want to remind you to rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, have you seen us rocking our Super Mama swag? Well, we want you to join in. Use promo code SMPODCAST at checkout on supermamas.com slash swag for 15% off your next order. Again, that's code SMPODCAST on supermamas.com slash swag for 15% off. Okay, now back to the show. Oh, I was laughing so hard. I legit, I went home, I got home and I was like laying in my bed and I was just laughing by myself. Like, <laughs> I never laugh so much. Like my face is hurting. Like all I did was laugh last night. It was like the best time. Oh my God. That's so funny. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, that episode was so much fun. She's great. I, I can't believe we we had Maria on the show from Sesame Street. That was so cool. And I know. I know we were like super low-key on the intro, but can you believe? It's just such an, like, she's just an iconic woman. She's just like a badass revolutionary. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people that grew up with her. She was on, on Sesame Street for 44 years. It's like whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you know. Um, anyway, uh, any last words of wisdom on Mexican men or anything like that, Bricia? <laughs> I'm gonna do my pick of the week. My Patagonia vest is my pick of the week. <laughs> no, yes. no wisdom at all. No wisdom at all. I just again, I went to dinner with my friend and it's just fresh on my mind, and I hope he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> I know. Well, my pick of the week is um you know, be kind to yourselves on the whole, you know, what your kids are watching and it's just find good quality stuff. Like, like I, I really like what you said that you sit down and watch the show with your kids. I think it's a really smart way to, to see what they're into. You know, another thing that I realized with that happening. So Saturday, so Saturday and Sunday mornings, you know, Eduardo gets up early and he goes upstairs and watches TV and that allows my my husband and I to just get an extra hour of sleep Mm -hmm. uninterrupted. Um, and I realized that once we wake up before even we get, you know, breakfast ready on the weekend, because we're not rushing, I sit with my son on the couch and I watch something with him and he loves it. Mm -hmm. Like he loves that. Excuse me. He loves that. I sit next to him on the couch and he loves that he can share with me. He's like, it's a good show, right? Mom, I told you. That's why I like it so much. Like he'll say things like that or he'll be like, he's so funny, right, mom? Like he's so funny, right? And so I'm like, oh yeah. And so I, and I know characters. So when, like it's, that's what he's interested in. So I want to show that I'm also interested and interested. And that just allows for us to have a conversation. And I think that just translates as they get older because they, we build trust. That's, that's the way you build trust with somebody. You can't expect your children to start sharing things with you. If you don't show interest since early on to whatever they're into, you know, and without judging them, without saying, I don't want you to be into this or it's too much. And I used to, I used to do that a lot. And now I just sit and I, and I, um, and I, I just sit and I, and, you know, talk to him and it just becomes a nice bonding moment, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. That's what they want. At the end of the day, they want us to spend time with them. You know, that's exactly, exactly what they want. So. I actually did that with the kids recently. We watched this super cute show, Lolo y Pau, which is now streaming on Pantalla, by the way. You guys should totally check it out. We're going to link it on the show notes. It's in Spanish. So cute. I watched it with them and they loved it. I love that tip. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Well, anyway, um, I think that Wait, is what can it. I say? You're you're the parenting expert, you know. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, hello. Me. I'll tell you how to fix your kid. <laughs> hello, best mom, best mom ever. I got, I got, I got a, I got um, uh, an award that says so. I got a cup that says best mom ever. So therefore, yeah. best mom ever. Correct. Yeah. Anyway, uh, right, well, okay. Until next week, guys. Until next week, I'll see you soon. Bye. Super mamá. Te veo la próxima semana que te zapatos boleados. All right, bye. Bye. Hey, sisters. Thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on supermamas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore supermamas and on Twitter, also at underscore supermamas and in el face at supermamas podcast. Oh, one more thing. We want to hear your supermama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters. Calling to our hotline 424-329-3707 and leave us a message or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com. Very soon, we could be featuring you on the show. Please remember to leave your name and Instagram handle for a chance to be featured. Much love and And see you you next week. week. Supermamas!